You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. An ex-McKinsey consultant and an ex-Uber executive, today Zoom Dang is focused on scaling up nanotechnologies, a fintech startup he co-founded in 2020. Funded by various venture capital firms, including the famed Y Combinator, Nano's mission is to transform the way people get paid, empowering employees to receive their earned wages on demand, increasing their financial well-being, and bringing financial security, dignity, and savings to potentially millions of Vietnamese. Globally, tech companies are carving an ever-increasing share of the financial services value chain and are also creating new market structures in underbanked countries. Some traditional banks are fighting back with digital-friendly banking services that integrate digital payments, microfinancing, and robo-advisor services. In Vietnam, the landscape is also very competitive. E-wallet providers are competing against traditional banks who are offering their digital capabilities through partnerships with fintechs to launch innovative products. We asked Zoom about what niche Nano can supply to the market and why financial fitness of the Vietnamese population is his priority. But before we begin, we'd also like to extend a big thanks to our sponsors, health tech startup GeoHealth. GeoHealth is known for their innovative products and services to improve the healthcare system in Vietnam. Drop by a visit to one of their new smart clinics at M Plaza in Ho Chi Minh City for the latest or download their mobile apps on the App Store or Google Play for more. What's up, guys? It's your host, Hao, here at the Radio Room in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, we're here calling in for another episode of Vietnam Innovators. We're very grateful for your support and also for the support of our guests who are making time out of their busy schedules to be here. We're very grateful to welcome a guest that's been um, around Vietnam for many years, born in Vietnam, of course, went to overseas and has come back. Um, he's done a number of really notable things, including helping launch Uber in Vietnam. Um, he's done a few things after that as well, which I'll let him share himself. He's been a friend of Vietcetera for many years, and I remember meeting him probably four or five years ago when Uber <laughs> also just launched in right. Vietnam, if I recall correctly, and haven't seen him too much since then. He's probably too busy working, um, as he always is known for his work ethic. But anyways, we're really happy to help uh, welcome Zoom Dang. He is the founder of Nano Technologies, which makes its flagship product called Vui. Uh, we'll hear more from him about what that product is exactly and what Nano's up to and, and what his team's up to. Um, but to kind of kick it off, um, you know, some exciting news recently. Uh, we, I think most of us in the startup ecosystem know, uh, Nano was one of two Vietnamese companies to be selected for the first time ever to Y Combinator, the very famous San Francisco tech incubator, which is known for starting companies such as Stripe and Airbnb and whatnot. And hopefully oh, we'll see more of those success stories in a place like Vietnam very soon. Nano maybe being the first of those hopefully many success stories. Um, thank you for joining and taking time out of your day to join us, uh, Zoom. It's very an honor to have you on the show. And obviously, you don't make too many appearances these days because you're usually working. But, you know, v people are very curious about what Nano is. So we want to hear it from you, uh, not from anyone else. Um, welcome. Thanks a lot, Hao. Uh, you've been too kind. Uh, also kind with your time and kind with your attention as well. 
thank you for having me here. I think, um, you know, I've been, yes, I've been working for a while and a lot in recent years. And uh, we had this, we had this project I've been thinking since end of 2019. Um, I've been working in digital and in fintech and also consult banks a lot. And so, you know, this idea came in 2019, end of mm -hmm. 2019, when I want to build something new, but then I wanted it to be the overlap of number one, some business model that I'm good at. Mm. And then the second is actually having some impact on the life of the underprivileged people in Vietnam. Mm. And, uh, you know, working in bank, I've seen there's a lot of like underbank population are being purely exploited by loan shark and payday lenders, mm. right? Whereas there's a better model that could serve their need at the same time, helping companies to employ them become better. And so, yeah, we came up with the idea of Nano in end of 2019. Mm -hmm. And so we started working on the idea ever since. Uh, we raised for the first round of funding mm -hmm. uh, during the pandemic, mm. April 2020, then, thanks to the trust of the investors that we got some capital mm -hmm. and a very, very good team to start up. So what is Nano? Nano is simply a payroll product mm -hmm. which help pay employees on demand basis instead of the monthly pay cycle, which is quite conventional in not just in Vietnam, but in Asia. Now, in country like US or UK, since the 70s, employers have paid their payroll workers on a bi-weekly basis, mm -hmm. right? And I've seen that in those countries, even the you know financial, personal financial product penetration is over 100%. Mm -hmm. Like everyone having credit card, everyone having a bank account, kind of fulfilled by bank. That's a big, massive payday lending industry that prey on people's life. And when I reflect back in Vietnam, I say, oh wow, it's pretty much the same thing. And then banks in Vietnam like to serve the middle class and above. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's basically the economic model. That's how it works. But then leaving like, you know, tens of millions of working class Vietnamese kind of exposed to the informal financial sector. Mm. And some of them are not good, right? You can see on the media, even the television, that, you know, payday lending or loan shark preying on like workers, within factories, on supermarket, on all else. And then they're charging like 500% APR, which is crazy, mm. right? And I think that must be something we done about it. So basically, we just build this product. We work with employers, help them, you know, pay the workers anytime that the worker feel like, right? What we call the power over pay, mm -hmm. helping address what we call the monthly recurring cash need of the low-income workers, and at the same time, help those employers drive better retention and employee morale. Again, this is not a new concept. But the way we do it is completely new. And so it's like, you know, kind of a novel thing in the market, which I think probably takes some time for the market to absorb it. Yeah, I mean, you guys are coming in and really uh, disrupting in a good way uh, value on both sides of the equation, the supply and demand side. You know, all the manufacturing and, and kind of uh, labor demands that are happening because people need, you know, there's only 100 million people in Vietnam, <laughs> right? So, um, but at the same time, I, I think the, the labor market here has, has been conditioned to believe that this is like the only way. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's great to hear that um, a solution is coming to hopefully yeah, you brought change a very, that. You brought um, a very good point, um, How I think, you know, I like to work on an idea, um, which is not obvious now, but my bet is, let's just say three to five years from now, it's gonna be very obvious, right? Just think about it, like for a second, like all the kind of digital product we have these days, e-commerce, right, sharing, you know, um, even like, you know, search, everything is so obvious now. 
but you know, have a thought like five years ago, ten years ago, it wasn't that obvious, right? Now I used to work in like ride sharing and then mobile payment, and basically just giving something people want immediately for that kind of category of need, right? And I was thinking to myself that hey, you know what? These day, everything you spend mm-hmm. is out of your pocket right away. Mm-hmm. So which we were saying the velocity of money out of your pocket is immediate, mm-hmm. but the velocity of money in is fixed. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm. Why? And when I reflect back on the UK, US market, and some developed market where they pay people, uh, how to say, biweekly, right? Mm. It's basically just a convention. Now mm. we do understand the pain point of companies why they do what they do, right? Because paying employee more frequent, I'm pretty sure everybody loves it. I mean, the employees, right? Mm. But then it will probably have some burden on the company. Number one, on the cash flow. Mm. Right? You don't want to, you know, cash flow these days are very. very Sacrosan, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And so people don't want, you know, employer don't want to do that because mm-hmm. they have to survive first, right? Second, right? If you do, if you give advance to some employee but not others, that's not fair, mm-hmm. and that's violate the basic principle of HR, which is fairness. And then not to mention all the administrative burden that the company has to go through. So we do understand the pain point, right? Not they cannot do that as of now, or probably it's not the top of their priority list, right? Mm-hmm. But when I look back on it, okay. Salary on demand is probably done. The last thing is not on demand yet. Mm-hmm. So when you say salary and demand, maybe you can paint that picture a bit. Um, everything you sound say is sounding great. Yes. Uh, but how does it work functionally? Mm-hmm. So yeah, very people sure. download this app called Vue, yeah. and uh, that's both on the employer and the, uh, the employee side. How does it work? Walk us through those steps. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite simple mm-hmm. than it sounds. Mm-hmm. So we look for employers who kind of take great care of their employees who want to reduce unwanted attrition and improve retention, employee morale in general. So meaning the, the folks, the company who really want to make the organization stronger. Okay. Now we come to them and we say, Hey guys, we can help you deliver this cost free to you. Right? We work with you to provide this service as a new flexible benefit for your employee. Right? And when we do that, we integrate our system with the check in check out system of the employer. And because when we when we integrate the check-in check-out system, mm. we can capture the ship, the hours that the worker, a certain worker, have worked until certain day of the month. Imagine it's just basically like a like a, calcul- a real-time calculator, mm. right? Let's just say today is the fifteenth of the month. You have worked twelve days, right? Each day you work like eight hours, so you have worked ninety-six hours, and correspondingly, you can calculate the wages in real time. Mm-hmm. And then any time that the worker need to have access to that earn wage with our app, which is already integrated with the check-in, check-out system, mm-hmm. they can take out that any time, mm. right? And with a minimal cost, it's way cheaper than all other alternatives in the market. In that app as well, the employee can check, oh, I have worked this many hours of the, of the month, mm-hmm. right? This is my real-time payslip. And we also have a feature called financial education to help those workers get up to speed on basic financial concepts. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is important because you know I have uh, been very privileged to study in the U.S. and then leading a couple of companies, but nobody have taught me anything on personal financial management. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of workers uh, you know, kind of get into loan shark trap, not only because they're desperate, and they're not being served well by traditional financial institution. But at the same time, they're being tricked. 
they don't have this, you know, enough there's adequate no, education. There's no choice. There's yeah, no, sometimes it no. looks too easy, mm. and so they get it until they realize, oh wow, this is a death trap. And you can see, you know, countless of story how people get in cannot get out. And indeed, actually, one of our um, early user, our early employee, we very, very how to say, move by the fact that she used a product. Mm-hmm to pay the loan chart mm. because technically we are very cheap and then basically we are kind of help her access anytime. And so when the loan chart comes to her house, that's how where she get it mm-hmm. and to pay back. And we even offer her like six months free of charge so they can pay off your debt, right? But she declined and she said like very gracefully and we really moved by that, that thank you, this service is good and I appreciate that you do this service. So I think it's, it's just more than just a payroll product or any mm-hmm. financial product, whatever mm-hmm. you will. I think our team are being really removed that we, you know, one by one, we're making some small impact to people's lives. I mean, I, I, as soon as you were saying those, those are very visual kind of stories or, or stories that you can share that help people re- yeah. relate with the industry at large yeah. because, yeah. you know, um, especially, you know, at Vietcetera and you in the past, probably we, we get a lot of people always asking us about, Um, oh, we want to enter the market and set up a factory and do this or do that and really leverage, you know, the abundance of uh, labor that Vietnam has. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's getting squeezed at the moment, but um, sometimes it's seen as such a transaction. And and yet there are human souls behind Mm -hmm. this that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, aren't as uh, privileged as as many other people in the world are. So Mm -hmm. um, it's great to capture those stories and, and kind of share that. So an idea there. Um, I mean, the question there, too, is about, um, and thank you for painting that picture a bit. Um, how do you guys make money exactly? Are mm-hmm. you guys charging the companies for like a subscription basis? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have thousands of employees and, and you charge a dollar per month right. or whatever it is. Right. Um, and then, or, or do you guys charge the the, the kind of user mm-hmm. for, I'm guessing it's like almost like a cash advance in a way. Yeah. I don't know how it works exactly. But yeah, I mean, let me um, share you a couple of points. So the, mm-hmm. the first thing is this is not a completely new model in the world, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think technology is entering the upper part of the S curve, mm-hmm. which means I, it's really hard to 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 work on new technology these days. It's probably hardware, it's probably uh, you know deep AI. Other than that, most of the technology company are really basically take in our business, right? But then we use technology to build new business model that doesn't make sense before, and now it starts to make sense, okay? So that's one. So this model is quite like, you know, working out pretty well in the US, UK, LATAM. Now it starts to grow mm-hmm. in Asia, right? So, so that's the first thing. So it's not completely new. I'm not a new inventor, don't, don't get me uh, <laughs> that credit. I don't deserve that. Uh, but the second thing I would like to say is like, because this model exists before, we kind of see what we call the footstep mm-hmm. of the guy that worked. Uh, and let me give you this one example before I go into your question so you can see how the story flow. The biggest employer in the world that uses or sort of experiment this uh, new service called Walmart. Mm-hmm. And they did it since 2011, uh, sorry, so 2017. Okay. And at first they worked with like a company like Nano in the US called PayActive to offer the same service, right? Now, Walmart, you know, they have 1.4 million people working there. It's a lot of people mm-hmm. and they churn super high. It's like almost seven, 80% a year, mm-hmm. right? So Walmart for every single employee, it costs them 3000 US dollars to recruit, to onboard and train those associates. Mm-hmm. Now if that associate leave within the first year, they lose that amount of money. Mm-hmm. It's very simple because it's sunk cost, right? Yep. So in the beginning, Walmart didn't know there's this service. So they need to test it. They test it, see whether the employee like it and they test it whether the employee willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, employee at Walmart had the option 
to use this what we call you know flexible wage or I say earn wage access to a company that called PayActive in the US and they pay for it themselves. It's cheaper than all other alternatives, even a credit card, right? After like two years, about 850,000 workers mm-hmm. at 1.4 million base of Walmart mm-hmm. use it wow. on a frequent basis. So, so, so Walmart said, wow, that's massive. And so they work with Harvard Kennedy School to do a research and on treatment group, which is the folks who use the service at Walmart and the control group. Well, the folks who are not using that at Walmart. And they see the retention change by 30%. Mm. And that means Walmart saves $100 million a year mm. by just doing that. Yeah. You know, uh, no pun intended, but Walmart is a very cost-conscious employer. And they now make it free for employees to do it. Mm. So they turn a kind of voluntary, optional kind of benefit to employee to paying that as official new benefit that employee got covered for it eight times per year. So when I look at that example, I say, okay, well, that is really interesting. Now, we do know that in any kind of, not just um, in Vietnam, but any B2B market, it will take time Mm -hmm. for our product to get in, you know, the daily life, you know, people understand what it is. So right now, we're charging the employee, very, very nominal fee, very small. I can tell you, like, we allow employee to have access to 100K, like literally pocket money, so you can mm-hmm. go to the wet market to buy it yeah. as cheaper than all alternative. We charge them now, right? Later on, we really want to prove to the employer, hey guys, you can see that your NPS of your employee really improve. You can see a marked difference in retention mm-hmm. in your employee cohort who use it versus not using it. And I can calculate the bottom line impact for your company. And I do hope that you're gonna share that cost mm-hmm. of this service right. either partial or full with your employee and actually the good news is actually some of the employee we're talking to they express that kind of intention too mm-hmm. they say okay we we work with you on a pilot mm-hmm. so because this is a new service we always have a two-month trial pilot with a subset of employees in any given company it's free for everyone right and we only draw out if number one like more than 50 percent of the employee use it two People like it, meaning the NPS above 70, right? And then the, obviously the SLA and the you know, operation need to meet the standard. But basically it's two months free for everyone. You like it, you use it. You don't like it, you can opt out, right? So we create a kind of risk-free kind of engagement for the, for the employee and employer to, to kind of start to adopt this idea. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I mean, um, it sounds like uh, you, you obviously learn from case studies, but implementation and and continued implementation. Nano's have only been around for less than a year now. Um, I mean, my next question for you is, you know, in real life application, you've probably encountered this before. You mentioned you worked at McKinsey working for banks and, and mm-hmm. finance corporations. Right. Um, but more recently, you also worked for Uber for a few years. And, and there you probably encountered that situation many times where mm-hmm. um, young, old riders and whoever, especially motorbike drivers right. and, and car uh, drivers, they, um, partners, I guess you would call them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they probably requested payments all the time, but you guys had this uh, built-in traditional system you pay out at the end of the month or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. What was the demand like at a company like Uber in terms of um, these flexible payment schedules and why weren't you able to accommodate that? Right, or right, why were right. you able to maybe? Right. I think you brought up um, also a very interesting point here. I like to say um, this in two part. Mm-hmm. And it's actually very, very interesting dynamic with the two parts. <laughs> the first part was when we launched Uber here mm-hmm. because of the way that Uber Global function, we don't take cash. Mm-hmm. Okay? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the good news is actually uh, Uber, we really honor 
uh, commitment to our driver partners. So we actually pay exactly, uh, you know, on Tuesday mm. every week. So it's weekly pay. Mm. It's better than monthly pay, right? But the second thing we realize that oh, a lot of workers, uh, drivers, uh, partners, they have a lot of uh, expenses to cover. You know, gasoline, sometimes the motorbike breakdown, they have to eat too and all that stuff. And so after that, we implement cash. Because the moment, that, for example, you're, you're having a ride, right? Mm-hmm. Basically pay cash, they can take it right away. Right. And they will pay us back the amount mm-hmm. they owe us, right? And we see a marked difference in engagement. Oh, wow. right? Compared I think to the global average. Yeah, yeah. Basically, okay. if you think about it, right? You know, sometimes with global company, you have global way, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be super, super local, if mm-hmm. you will. So I think that really, really works. It means people like to get paid daily. Mm-hmm. Now, the second piece, which is, you know, on the other hand, is we see that actually a lot of traditional workers, they're moving from traditional sectors like retail, mm. manufacturing, construction to become drivers. And because we do have of a lot that before, yeah, yeah. And I think for now, no longer Uber here, but there's Grab here. Mm-hmm. You know, just check in with the Grab folks or Babby, so you see a lot of like, you know, part timers, and you can see a lot of actually ex full timers, like, you know, working supermarket and factories. Now they, they do gig economy. Mm. And the reason, I mean, there are many reasons for that. Uh, Again, gig economy work is super hard. Mm-hmm. You got to be on the road mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. But what you get in exchange is number one, sometimes higher, um, not not too much, but higher than what they have earned before. Mm-hmm. But you got flexible schedule. You got flexible pay because mm-hmm. taking all, if you will, on demand or daily pay, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people, especially who kind of struggling with not just like monthly cash flow problem because they don't have a lot of savings, even daily cash flow problem, that is actually meaningful. I don't know, you know, but I think most of employers in Vietnam, in, for example, factories, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's some conventional practices where they typically pay on the 10 to the 15 of the following month. And just once a month. Once one, yeah. Once a month, yeah. I mean, uh, the other, so the third piece, since you get me really excited on that part, we have uh, talked to a couple of employers uh, who are really, really good, mm-hmm. okay? And honestly, I think that there are a lot of workers that live and work with those companies for 30 years. Mm. Uh, you know, some of, and we don't, and we don't serve them. Mm-hmm. And be, you know why we don't serve them? Because you, they're too good. And because since like, I don't know how long they've been doing bi-weekly payments to workers for like, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years already. Mm. So they kind of avant-garde. Now, this is only one of the, the variables. I'll obviously take care of good uh, workers in many good ways. But one of the things I realized is those companies are old company that pay people bi-weekly. Mm. So there's a, uh, you know, Tian Long Group, you know, the uh, stationery, mm. and there's uh, Diana Unicharm, right? Now, again, those companies, like, I'm really shocked that there are very, very few who do bi-weekly pay mm-hmm. to the workers. And when we come to them, we say, oh, wow, you guys are just so great. Pioneers, just uh, yeah, I mean, different payments. We really want to ba- do business with you, but I think you're doing a great job. Mm. So I don't think we can add so much gratitude. So it's a very, like, cases where we feel very happy mm. that we're not, like we don't provide the service, we're happy because we, we feel that this is the right thing for employer to do with employees. Mm. That's amazing. And um, it's great to hear that, you, you know, in practice, you've seen it happen at Uber. It happened, and, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure there's more, but yeah. very few. Chỉ với 20.000 đồng một tháng, tương đương một ổ bánh mì, bạn có thể giúp duy trì hoạt động của chương trình như chưa hề có cuộc chia ly. Hãy tham gia chiến dịch bánh mì nối yêu thương tại app của ví điện tử Momo. I don't know if you saw, but before this show, I shared with uh, our network, my LinkedIn and all that, that you were coming to the show. 
Oh, really? And a lot of people, I, I did that, I do that all for every show. It's no surprise. The listeners know this. I kind of put a teaser out there like, hey, right. you know, person X from person, you know, X company is coming on the show. Drop us your questions in the comments. Okay. Um, and obviously a lot of people follow you, um, it sounds like, and obviously have known Uber and um, what you've done. So we've got quite a number of questions. Okay. And so we're going to share some of them with you. Um, but I'm not going to be telling them to you. Uh, somebody, uh, we actually asked these people to call in. Okay. So they're gonna okay. they're gonna they're gonna read these questions over the air. How you for so, real? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the first one. Okay. Yeah. As a new errand, how are you building consumer trust and brand awareness? Yeah, new entrant. I think that's what they said. So obviously, super new product. I mean, you you obviously can run sales and, and hopefully build trust with people directly. But when they see you, like you know, what are they what are they thinking? How do you build that trust? Um, I think that's a great question mm -hmm. because honestly, I don't know the answer myself. <laughs> I can tell you what I think. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing is because the question that's two part, right? How do you build trust? Uh, and then like as a startup too, right? And so uh, let me answer the first part, which is on the startup first and then the trust part uh, second. You know, in white community, there's a, like a mantra uh, that when you're a startup, right, you got to do things that don't scale. Mm -hmm. So like, when you're talking about startup, everyone like, oh, scale, scale, grow, growth, growth. And, and, but like, you know, YC, they, they taught us or they share with us um, that, hey, don't do, do things that don't scale. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to scale too fast before you understand what the problem you're solving, how you add value to your customers, you know, you're gonna overlook those things, right? And by, let me give you a very specific example by do things uh, that don't scale, okay? So we work with a couple of retailers, in top retailers in Vietnam for this mm -hmm. service, right? And you know that retailers sometimes they distribute it all over the country, mm -hmm. okay? Now, when we start, we have limited resources. Mm -hmm. uh, we can, when we run the pilot, we can, we can come to the store and help communicate this new service, new benefit to the employees one by one. Right? But imagine, let's just say we have like, you know, uh, a client that have 20 store in like four cities and we're set up, like we have 20 people. How do we do that? So we're thinking, okay, well, let's do Zoom, Zoom training and all that. I mean, you know, everybody's Zoom these days, like um, uh, Zoom doomsday because everyone is Zoom. But then I realized that, you know, even my team after a while, doing it, they kind of like to talk to the user. Mm. And because number one, when talking to user, you feel that, okay, you're actually helping them. The connection. Uh, just yeah. for example, the, the story I just mentioned to you, mm. like my team member almost cried when she heard that because she was, oh yeah, just basically cash event product was, what, what's new about it, right? Mm -hmm. But then when she talked to the user and understand the impact we make on those people live and they decline our offer, mm -hmm. uh, promotion, right? It's like, it's really a shock to, to her. And then when I heard that story, oh my God, this is pretty amazing, right? The second thing, so talking to users is very important because we have kind of two-way communication and the feedback to the product. So in the beginning, definitely we have to do that. And by the way, the more, the more places we go, we kind of hear about that more stories. So it's also like a, I don't know, like a uh, morale boost to us in that sense. So yeah, so the first thing do thing that don't scale. We kind of help client one by one is because it's also by that process, it helps us become better mm -hmm. and the product become better. That's the first part. The second part was, yeah, how do you build trust? Honestly, my, I have a pretty um, pessimistic view about trust in Vietnam market mm -hmm. because there's so much ad and so much fake things going on and kind of consumer trust get eroded over time. So honestly, I don't have a good answer to that in the sense, how do you build trust? We take the approach that we want to over-serve any client. 
And that sounds very cliche, mm-hmm. but I can give you one example too, right? So our product work is we have to integrate with the check-in, check-out system. Now, what if the client doesn't have a check-in, check-out system? Mm. We have built for them. Mm. We built it for them. Wow. I mean, we don't get paid for that. Yeah, yeah, uh, some yeah. people say, oh, yes, you stupid, don't do that. And all that stuff. But we feel that, and I think it's all we also being selfish here, because we feel that a lot of employees don't have that either. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're helping one employer or one client. We Yes, we're helping them because that's good for mm-hmm. the business. And it's also help build the trust. But at the same time, we're also solving a larger, uh, how to say, problem exists for a lot more people. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't think there's any shortcut. I think in B2B, I'm learning it myself too mm-hmm. because I'm new to this. I used to be in B2C before. I think the, I think the trust equation uh, taken from a playbook from McKinsey before is the following. So trust is actually, uh, McKinsey, we call it CRIS, C-R-I-S. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does it stand for? It's like equation. You had credibility, times reliability, time intimacy over self-orientation. Mm. Okay, so what does that mean? That means you gotta be a guy who can do your job. Means C, times reliability, when client call you, you be there, right? Times intimacy, you gotta be close to them as human too. Mm. Over self-orientation, don't be a, a dick, mm-hmm. right? And so that's how we build trust. And honestly, I don't think there's any shortcut to, oh, to that better. That's a fantastic equation, I think. Um, you know, it's it's not a science, but it's also not art. I think you have to balance it out a little bit. And um, there is no correct answer, yeah. for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of these people that you're talking to, obviously, too, they're not, um, they're your everyday kind of person. They're not like uh, scientists or, or rocket rocket ship, you know, builders. <laughs> they're, they're just everyday people with everyday problems. So you need to communicate one-on-one with them, uh, people-to-people, diplomacy, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I think that's very key. I mean, um, I mean, this is more of a kind of a shorter question to kind of sum it up. I mean, do a lot of these consumers or users of the the product, do they think it's like too good to be true kind of thing? Is it when they look at it, they're like, oh, that's so new. Like I'm confused kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of learning we have mm-hmm. um, along the way, mm-hmm. I would say. I think the first thing in startup is that it's very typical in startup is you never know how your user is going to use or perceive your product. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get you're gonna have a lot of good surprise mm-hmm. and bad surprise, mm-hmm. but the key message here is your theory is only good on paper. It probably, if you're good, you're probably uh, right 60 70 percent of the time, mm-hmm. but you, you never write 100 percent of the time. So, uh, for us, what we find is interesting is the following we thought this is very new. Mm-hmm. You gotta really communicate a lot to employees, uh, like really walk them through how to use it. And because we're serving a lot of working class people there, and you know, don't get me wrong, we're serving a lot of like auntie too. Mm-hmm. It's just not like folks who are like young working in the yeah. supermarket. We serve people with dumb phone. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing they do is buy the new phone, smartphone mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. use us, mm-hmm. and which is really encouraging to us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we serve a wide range of, uh, of ages. So that's what we don't expect, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing we don't expect is actually we don't, you know, the workers, uh, the, the employee, they don't need a lot of training to mm-hmm. use it. They get it right away, right? So that's the second thing that we learn. Um, the third thing that we learn is actually when it comes to cash need and very basic cash need, it could be any time. And so we get like people withdrawing like at 4 a.m. and we call up, interview the, the folks. Why are you doing And they say, like, oh yeah, you know what? This is day 26th of month. I have 100,000 in my pocket. Payday is like 15 days later. I need to go to wet market and buy something for my family. Wow. And mm-hmm. so those that's kind of thing is, yeah, I go back to the point, I do think that don't scale. You gotta talk to your users. Mm-hmm. Um, now on the, so that's on the employer side, mm-hmm. I think on the C side, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
on the B side, yes, we I think that we have a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. I know this is not honestly a product itself. I think it's a movement. And I think we, we hope to be a catalyst for change that trying to get more employees involved in this movement to make sure that, okay, well, you can create a better organization that treats your people way better than you can afford to, but you don't know about it yet. And I'm pretty sure there are reservations, there are doubt. And, you know, go back to the to trust point you mentioned, we got to build one by one. I think a lot of companies, uh, in especially developing worlds, you know, the past 30 years, Southeast Asia especially has grown so quickly, mm-hmm. but they've gotten used to this idea. And it's not a fact, but more of an idea that talent and labor is disposable because there's is. just so many yeah. people, right? Yeah. And they're willing to work for low wages, generally mm-hmm. speaking. So um, now, obviously, Vietnam's at this inflection point where wages are rising, competition's going really high. Mm-hmm. And you probably know this too, These the turnover rate is massive. You mm-hmm. offer... 10% above what the other person, even 5%, they're going to move. So mm. how are you going to yes. keep them? So I think you guys hopefully will be entering at the right time in terms of mm-hmm. solving both mm-hmm. uh, kind of sides of the problems for, mm-hmm. for both people. Uh, on the consumer side, you mentioned, you know, the, the example of someone just having 100000 in their pocket and they need to go to the wet market to buy something for their family. Um, what kind of amounts are they withdrawing? Are they, yeah, like, yeah, after yeah, one yeah. day, are they withdrawing? I love, after, I like, love two talking. Weeks, after three weeks, like, <laughs> I love to talk about more data those points, points man. Um, yeah. Our median ticket size now is 300,000. 300,000. That's a median ticket size. So there's a, you know, mm-hmm. basically the median and mean. Mm-hmm. Median is like the middle point. Mean is the average. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our average is about 700,000 mm-hmm. dong. Mm-hmm. And so you can see from, right from that, we like a, more like a payment company mm-hmm. and like mini payment. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, some shameless plug here, but Nano is there's some meaning to it, mm-hmm. right? Oh, small, so, small yeah. bits. Or, yeah, Nano is very small, but which is one, because we do very small things like yeah. that. But I think it also stands for another thing, which is, you know, is it's very small. Mm. You cannot see it, mm. but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. So that's what it really mm. means. A product called Vui, mm-hmm. meaning in Vietnam, little joy. joy yeah. It's like giving a little joy to the working uh, class mm. people. Yeah, so <laughs> our tickets are super small. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we get questions from like investors, sometimes like mm-hmm. from the market, like, hey, why are you doing this? Are you collecting dime? Mm. Like literally nickels and dime, mm-hmm. right? But again, it's a second business, mm-hmm. right? We hope that we can have more adoption over time. Mm-hmm. And we believe that the trust will build the employers and the employer are there to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to do a good job. It's almost like your best friend, like, like hey, like here's an IOU kind of thing. And, you know, they're going to be reliable, hopefully, and pay yeah, you back yeah. and kind of thing. Because I can tell um, you this, right? I and mean, this is pretty um, sad fact, though. Hmm. Imagine if you're working in a factory, and let's say you're earning like $6 million, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a month, right? Mm-hmm. That is barely subsistence level. Mm-hmm. How likely are you going to earn like 1000 five years from now? Mm-hmm. It's pretty sad, but it's true. Does it not happen? Like, what are what are ranges of salaries? Like, you mentioned somebody at board been working at a company for twenty years, but like, what are they making after twenty years? Yeah, we primarily serving folks mm-hmm. who earn less than fifteen million dong per month, mm. because I believe once you earn more than that, there's plenty of option available to you, mm. right? Then you don't have to use us. It's fine, mm-hmm. right? We want to serve where we have the most impact, mm-hmm. and so we feel that you know a lot of workers, and especially in, in factories, for example, there are a lot of informal kind of. Um, channel like hood, loan chart and all that. And that's sort of like preying on them all mm. the time. So we just hope to be a better option that is available to them whenever they need it. Okay, this is an option. This is not obligation. Only come to us when you really need it, right? Mm. Oh, sorry, you said like one of the surprising insights in the previous question I forgot to say is that um, a, lot of, a lot of people 
when they think about this, they become more conscious of what they do. We do have questions from employers like, hey, what if like my people using this to gamble? What if they do this to like to drink, whatever, bad thing, right? Because they have access to their earn now, earn wish, and they will not do budgeting and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That could be bad for the future. I found that's actually not true, and it's just not from the experience in Vietnam. I actually call people who do this similar business in other market like England and the US and Mexico. Mm -hmm. What I found the following, actually very psychology basic, but I want to tell you, when people use it, it's, they feel this is a money, and it is a money. When you swipe your credit card, mm -hmm. it's not your money. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have some sort of reckless behavior because you yeah. can swipe and you don't even care. Mm -hmm. But because you see the number of ships, you see the real-time payslip, and you withdraw, obviously now we, we're not an NGO, we mm -hmm. need to charge either the employee-employee, they think twice about spending that, mm -hmm. okay? So it's a kind of like psychologically uh, mm -hmm. deterrent yeah. in their head that, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'm gonna spend this on things that most necessary. The second thing is, yes, how do we solve the gamble thing and all that stuff, right? Honestly, I think a product is a product, it's a tool, right? Any kind of product will have people, good user and bad user. We try to solve for 99%. And we try our best to limit the sort of like the impact on the 1% we kind of misuse the product. So mm -hmm. we have some kind of features like, number one, financial education. So make sure people mm -hmm. understand what they do uh, financially. And second, we do have limits on different employee level. Right? And so if we see that you know, some sort of outlier behavior or we have some feedback from employer, we kind of like you know, stop that. Right? Mm. But the main goal is to serve the 99% who we need and we could be good users. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you for sharing Zoom for that, uh, answering that reader question. We have a second one for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just gonna jump straight into it here. What is Nano's ambition for the next five years? Do you see it's becoming a super app or your focus will remain on wages and financial fitness? Yeah, people are obsessed with super app now. Yeah. You start with, you start <laughs> with one function, like ride hailing, yeah. wallet. You know, yeah. what is that vision? Yeah. Um, the first uh, answer I have is I honestly have multiple reason, vision, mm -hmm. vision. I don't have one right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're probably not going to do the, the coolest thing as super app. Um, I mean, just a sideways explanation. I think digital also disrupt distribution a lot. But the fact about digital distribution is winner take most. Like for example, right? You don't buy from twenty e-commerce app. Mm -hmm. You buy from one or two. Mm -hmm. Meaning naturally for those marketplace or super app, there's only one or two that finally survive. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't think we have a chance. Right? So I can cross that out. Uh, secondly, honestly, yes, uh, wages, payroll is our soaring point. Mm -hmm. I think more, we're more lean, leaning toward, um, how to say, supporting the employers mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, don't, I don't say that it's a HR product or anything yet because we will grow uh, as we uncover the problems or the pain point of the employers. And there's so many to, to sort of actually, right? And we hope that we can learn along the way and build meaningful product to help the employers solve their problem and also build a stronger ecosystem and relationship in employees and employers, right? Especially for the segment of employee that we serve, there's always a distance mm -hmm. between, you know, if you will, the management and the floor workers, right? And I feel that that can be, you know, that gap can be narrower mm -hmm. over time. Now, how do we use technology? How do we use different kind of product knowledge to, you know, bridge that gap? I don't have the answer right now because again, I'm a startup guy right now, mm -hmm. so I need to survive first. 
and we need to make sure that the the, the vision we have at least for this product gotta work first so mm-hmm. you know sorry to disappoint you uh, in in that angle because I, again when you run a startup you will think about that survival of question course. all the time yeah. but yeah we do see a lot of problem and pain point mm-hmm. that we're very excited to solve in the coming months and years excellent well we're looking forward to seeing how the nano vision unfolds i mean there's many ways that can go and that ecosystem is is large um, and it starts with this pain point that you're trying to solve with wages and salaries and flexible pay. So um, Zoom, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, we've learned a lot today about what you're up to, what you've learned, and, and hopefully our listeners here today have learned a little bit more about FinTech and, and what you're trying to solve. So um, we hope the best and only the best for you and your company. So we're looking forward to having the next Uber, the next Stripe or Airbnb, but born here in Vietnam. So uh, we're rooting for you and, and good luck with your startup journey. And I'm sure five years from now, we'll be back on the show kind of hearing about what Nano's up to. So thank you again, Zoom. Um, one last little plug. I always like to ask, especially startup founders, you guys are always hiring. So please do share with us and our listeners what you're hiring for and, and what your team is like. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are still a quite a small team now. We got 22 people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have both office in Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City. And we actually, we're hiring across functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a couple of functions that worth mentioning, number one is, yes, on products. Uh, we need to build a lot of stuff. And so, and again, uh, a lot of people have misconception about what product is. It's basically, you just need to think about problems mm-hmm. <laughs> and think really, really deep about a problem and think about how to solve it. You don't need to know how to code, mm-hmm. right? And I think that is a skill that's quite missing in the market. So mm-hmm. anyone who would like to work on the, on the problem right, and think about how to solve it, we'd love to have you. Right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we need uh, developers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hiring a lot on that. And lastly, is like basically business development goals. We need to talk to a lot of employers. We need mm-hmm. to sort of also bring this to like a movement level if we want to be big and if we want our impact to be felt by the broader market. Mm. And so, yeah, those are the three roles that we're looking forward to have a lot of interest from you guys if you uh, if you have time and interest in that. Uh, yeah, but again, uh, my comment is sort of, is hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard and it's kind of, I want to say, wow, it's, it's a lot of pain. And so, <laughs> no, seriously, I yeah, mean, yeah. I I can claim I ran startup before, and I, I can tell you, this like, is the hardest one, it's really sure. difficult. Yeah. And so don't apply to startup if you don't understand the trade-off. Mm-hmm. you got to really, really be, I would say, not just passionate, but mm-hmm. you got to be really committed mm-hmm. and persevere. And, like, sometimes you're like, really, okay, I will take another. That works. <laughs> Because I know my goal, I know my team goal, mm-hmm. and I think that's a goal worth striving for. Mm-hmm. Unless you have that mentality, it's going to be very, very tough. So it's uh, rewarding too, though. Yes, Not just I mean, the, you know, I always yeah. tell my team and tell myself that I won't have any problem with this sort of fail mm-hmm. because we actually the first one got started on solving this less sexy problem, but it's meaningful to a lot of people out there. Uh, I forgot to tell you, one of the main reasons I started this is I worked with a lot of drivers before Ruben, mm-hmm. and some still recognize me along mm-hmm. the way. And some of them too said like, oh, before, thank you for giving me a working opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that Uber did not pay a lot for the drivers, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, imagine, they don't have a second piece of income mm-hmm. and they try to survive. Mm-hmm. And so just people need works. And those people kind of now, before they have that kind of work, they can make extra income. That's meaningful to them a lot. Mm -hmm. So that really, really hit me personally. Mm -hmm. And so I built this business because I know, okay, it may fail. I mean, the chance may fail, it will be very high, but I wouldn't regret doing this. 
Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Zoom. And, you know, today we've run out of time for this podcast, uh, but thank you for sharing your insights. I know out of a very busy day. Um, before we conclude today, do you have any other last comments that you would like yeah, to share? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think like, you know, thank you for having me here. I think it's always been a pleasure, not just uh, uh, with you, but also with Vicetra. I just want to say that I uh, was, you know, have been your reader for quite a while. Uh, not to say I'm the show, so I gotta say that, but I came, my education from the US and I mm. used to be exposed to like, you know, media that is very thought provoking mm. or culturally distinctive. And I think that's really something kind of missing in the media market these mm. days. I'm not saying, okay, well, the pop culture is bad or anything, but sometimes you need a, a freshening air mm. of ideas, of opinion, mm -hmm. of something that make you think, make you feel, make you imagine. Mm -hmm. right? And thank you for making this happen. Well, thank you. It's only because we have guests like you on the show. So Zoom, we, we really look forward to hearing more about Nano over the years to come. And, and we hope that you guys will be one of the landmark startups um, to make Vietnam the next destination for startup investing and stories. So thank you again, Zoom, for, for joining on the show. And we look forward to having you back. Yeah. Thank you, Hao. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovator Series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Minh, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week. So don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Thanks for listening to another episode of Vietnam Innovators, brought to you by our partners, health tech startup GeoHealth. They're best known for their doctor at home services, but offer much more than that. If you haven't already, check out their mobile apps on the App Store and Google Play for more or drop by for a visit to their new smart clinic at M Plaza in Ho Chi Minh City.